Blog Talk Radio. Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. Hey, 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 what's cracking? And welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. Took, a, I think, a two-week hiatus. I had some scheduling conflicts, and those people that I think I was supposed to be scheduling, uh, Becca T-Bon, uh, for uh the week before we took off, and uh, again, we had a scheduling conflict, so I wasn't able to get her, but I will have her uh, coming up, and uh, she's going to be talking about fitness and women's issues, but tonight, um, I have actually a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Lynn Lafferty, if you remember Dr. Uh, Lafferty on a previous show, she talked about the consciousness of disease, and if you have not listened to that show, that was a really good show, it's archived into Blog Talk Radio, and also available on iTunes as well. So um, that show is probably one of the most listened to shows where um, Dr. Lafferty talks about the uh, consciousness of disease. And if you if that kind of sounds strange to you, you'll actually have to listen to the show and then you will you will get exactly uh, what the show is about. But tonight we're going to be talking about something a little differently. But before we do, um, as always, I always mention my social media Connect with me on Facebook. My Facebook is at facebook.com slash I'm the fat man. I'm sorry, facebook.com slash fat man radio show. You can find me there. You can also find me on Facebook as Darren McDuffie. I have not reached my friend limit, so you can friend me on Facebook under my name, Darren McDuffie, but I would prefer you to do it in the fan page. Uh, you can also find me on Pinterest under my name, Darren McDuffie. And then on Twitter, you can connect with me with the fat and fat is spelled with a P-H, P-H-A-T, the fat underscore man on Twitter. So Twitter.com, the fat underscore man. All right. So tonight we're going to be talking about autoimmunity. Autoimmunity is something that the word is kind of tossed around. And I remember when I was in the pharmaceutical industry, when I would talk to doctors, they would always have these different terms and I would never... I couldn't understand them, but one of the things that my manager at the time suggested to me was to carry around a medical dictionary with me. And through that medical dictionary, when a doctor tossed around terms that I didn't know, I would go back in my car after doing the call, look it up in the medical uh, the medical dictionary, and it would make sense then. So a lot of times, uh, the things that we are talking about, they have big words, but they have very, very simple meanings. So we're going to get into the show, and I have Dr. Lynn Lafferty, and we are going to be talking about autoimmunity, and she is a repeat guest, so let me see if I can bring her on here. Dr. Lafferty, welcome to Perfectly Health and Tone Radio. How are you? Well, very good this evening. It's great to be back with you again. Always good to talk to you. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you're here. Um, we talked about your background before when... Um, on the previous show, but I wanted you to get into your background again. I'm not one of those guys that reads bios, so can you can you can tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and then we can get into the show. Okay. Well, um, I w- went uh, to University of Georgia and received my pharmacy degree in 1981, I think, or 82. <laughs> You're dating old yourself. Here. I remember what date. <laughs> yeah. 
And then um, I received my MBA from University of Miami, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and also a pharmacy from Nova Southeastern, where I currently I had a clinic for about 10 years doing uh, herbal medicine mostly. And then I um, currently work at Nova Southeastern College of Osteopathic Medicine, and I'm coordinating putting together an integrative medicine department in the medical school, and also I have a practice in the pharmacy uh, where I see patients. Oh, great, great. So you seem like you have everything together and all the credentials, and you're also a naturopath as well, so that's um, something, and a herbalist and a nutritionist. So you, you seem to have, seem to be really, really well-rounded. Um when we talk about autoimmunity, um, a lot of people, like I said before we came on, most people seem to think it's a big term. But can you kind of break it down to us and, and give us a, a definition of autoimmunity? Well, I'll give you the definition. I'm not saying I agree with it. Uh, autoimmune diseases basically is where the definition is that the body mistakes, mistakenly attacks itself for no known reason. Okay. That's the definition in, in regular medicine, uh, depending on what autoimmune disease you're talking about. So some of the autoimmune diseases that are traditionally thought of are things like type 1 diabetes, where mm-hmm. uh, the, the islet cells and the pancreas don't work, or rheumatoid arthritis where the joints are attacked or um, uh, let's see celiac disease Crohn's disease mm-hmm. multiple, um, lupus, uh, multiple sclerosis is also one as well right multiple sclerosis where the body mm-hmm. attacks the myelin sheath of the nerves correct ankylizing mm-hmm. spondylosis um, the um Trying to think of the name of the one in the eye. Um, I'm sorry, I can't think of that right this minute. Not, but, it's, but, yeah. it's not glaucoma, is it? Not glaucoma, couldn't be. <laughs> no, Sjogren's. It's Sjogren's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of the things that, um, in doing some research for the show, one of the things that I wanted to ask was: it seems as though. Um, autoimmunity is on the rise. Why is why do you think that's happening? Well, I want to I want to just take a step one step back and then we'll go into that because I think mm-hmm. it's important. Um I don't agree with the the um idea of autoimmune disease. Um naturopaths, osteopaths believe that the body heals itself. And that, you know, we talked about a consciousness of disease. I believe that body has an innate intelligence, if you will, and mm-hmm. it's very brilliant, and it, it runs itself. I mean, it's this amazing machine that runs itself. So the idea that I I had a patient, age two, she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, so the idea to me that one day, you know, she woke up and her body said, eh, you know, I don't like my joints, I think I'll go attack myself. Or, you know, or attack my thyroid in Hashimoto's or whatever. Like, uh, there's no reason for it. The body just says, eh, I think I'll go attack myself. I mean, that's really what <clears throat> the definition of it is. 
So it really doesn't make any sense. When you think of it in a logical way, it uh, doesn't make any sense. So what does make sense? So uh, let me just talk about this one patient, and then I think you'll have a better understanding. So this was a, a young woman that came in, 19 years old, history of uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So this is a, actually the medical and pharmacy students I work with. This is the first thing they have to do, the first assignment, is they have to go look up the definition of rheumatoid arthritis. And it says it's a chronic autoimmune disease in which the body mistakenly attacks healthy joints, causing pain, swelling, stiffness. Over time, RA can worsen, making even simple everyday tasks difficult. So this young lady came in, um, her chief complaints was arthritis pain, especially in her neck and shoulders, swollen knees and ankles, hormone issues, stomach problems, and acne. So then I have them go to Johns Hopkins and Harvard website, and they basically both say the same thing. So I just read what Harvard says, that rheumatoid arthritis is a chronic degenerative inflammatory disease of the joints. More than 2 million Americans have the condition, 70% are women. The causes of RA are unknown with no cure in sight. However, medical science has made striking progress in treating these conditions. So what they want people to do with uh, rheumatoid arthritis is they first take the NSAIDs, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like Motrin or Aleve. Then they put them on steroids like prednisone. Then they put them on something called disease-modifying drugs. They're called the DMARDs. And that's methotrexate, which is um, also a chemo drug. And then they put them on something called biological response modifiers. And those things are like Remicade or Embrel or Umira. And when you look at the black box warning of, say, methotrexate, you see uh, death, fetal death, congenital abnormalities, lung disease, uh, fatal skin reactions, um, and then um, bone marrow suppression, aplastic anemia, and then also all sorts of osteosarcomas and different types of, of cancers. And the same thing with Umira, uh, increased risk for infections. Um, it can lead to hospitalization or death. Infections include sepsis, tuberculosis, Legionella, listeria, and then you can get lymphoma and other malignancies, some fatal, have been reported in children, adolescents, and um, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, then, even uh, just to, uh, I know that uh, prednisone, too, has, you mentioned prednisone. Prednisone has some real fatal effects or side effects to it as well. Right, absolutely. So this young woman, by age 10, she had had bleeding ulcers from prednisone, by age 15, she had a tumor the size of a grapefruit. Thank goodness they had said that it was non-cancer, but it was removed in her knee. She'd had her wrist and shoulder fused by the time she was 17, and she could hardly walk when she came in my door. So when she went to Nova about eight months later, they said, what happened to you? And Because that's where she actually was, her doctors were. And she said, oh, yeah, I don't have rheumatoid arthritis anymore. And so they asked us to come and present her 
what I had done and what the findings are, uh, how this happened, you know. So she and I presented in front of about 150 doctors, and I really think it helped me to get my job. So just some of the studies since 1976, um, Clostridium perfringens, which is a bacteria in arthritis and allied conditions, and that's from infection and immunology and rheumatic diseases, uh, 1976, then the next one, possible role of alterations of the intestinal flora and rheumatoid arthritis, that was from rheumatology rehabilitation in 1978, the infectious etiology of, of rheumatoid arthritis, that was in uh, uh, Arthritis Rheumatism Journal 1978, Intestinal bacteria and rheumatic disease, that's from the Scandinavian Rheumatology uh, Journal, 1987. Antibodies to Proteus, which is a, a, a bug, a, a bacteria in rheumatoid arthritis. That's from one of the biggest journals in the world, The Lancet, 1985. Gastrointestinal involvement in rheumatoid arthritis, a biopsy study from rheumatology, 1979. And in that study, they found a bacteria in the joints called Klebsiella. Mm-hmm. So the list goes on and on and on. I'm just giving that as an example of the literature that's out there. And so none of, no one's looking at these things. So I think what is happening, you asked an excellent question, because one of the things is not all these are caused by the same bacteria or viruses or whatever. Probably certain viruses uh, are more attracted to attacking different organs or joints or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that uh, with our guts being, we're eating, you know, I know you've had many shows on gut dysbiosis where the, the gut isn't in balance. So between the fact of eating a lot of processed food that are dead nutritionally and difficult to digest and things like uh, the wheat we have now higher in gluten, mm-hmm. and gluten is actually a, a gliden, alpha-gliden is actually a toxin, so uh, which will cause inflammation. So all of these things um, cause the, the bacteria to be able to grow, and then you have something called a leaky gut. There's something in the gut. 80% of your immune system is actually in the gut with the, what they call gulp tissue, lymphoid tissue, and... What there's something called SIGA, which is an immune factor, and when you're under a lot of stress or you get sick, that uh, lowers and that lets the gut be what they call leaky, so that things that shouldn't come out of the gut now can come out, and probably they might certain bacteria or viruses migrate to one area or another and attack those cells. So the body. It actually, the immune system is actually working properly. It's trying to attack the bacteria. And uh, so it, it's not like, oh, the body just all of a sudden does this. The bacteria or viruses are there and the body's attacking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if a person who ha- who is overrun 
by these bacteria and uh, viruses, uh, let's say you have this gut dysbiosis, the only way that they might be able to kind of reverse this is by repairing the gut is what you're, is what you're saying, or am I too far ahead of you? Right. Right. With whatever we do, whether <clears throat> even regular arthritis, if we find out what is causing the inflammation. So when, let's say you, you wear a, a, a foot, uh, I'm sorry, a shoe that's too tight. So then you're breaking those cells because it, they're, it's, it's rubbing against the cell and then what's being released from that cell is causing inflammation, and then you have a response to it. And calcium starts depositing. That's why you have bunions, and and, and with arthritis you have um, calcium nodules and things like that. So the body, there's a cascade of different chemicals and things that are released. And so the body's reacting to this inflammation the way it should be reacting by trying to attack those bacteria. So the first thing we'd have to do in any situation, we'd have to try to remove whatever's causing the problem. You know, if our shoes are too tight, then we get a shoe that's not tight, so it's not causing that. If it's caused by bacteria, then we have to get rid of that bacteria in the gut. Is there any particular test that you use to, to kind of pinpoint what bacteria or what viruses might be uh, the cause of the problem? Um, well, I used to like Metametrics test that was a stool test. Um, I think they joined Genova now. But mm-hmm. what I loved, two things I loved about them. Number one, they were the first lab in the United States to use what they call PCR technology. So a lot of these bacteria in the gut are actually anaerobic. So when you defecate poop, uh, the bacteria dies. And so it used to be more difficult to be able to see some kind of correlation. However, now with PCR technology, the uh, the DNA of that microbe is still there so they can um, get the, the DNA to see these things, and they they found a lot of these uh, correlating. But when you go to the medical library, you find a lot of these things um, when you listen to your patients and, and things like that. With type 1 diabetes, what happened, um, one of my patients, when he was in third grade, uh, they got the MMR vaccine. I think he was in third grade. Uh, anyway, um, a a group of them, a cluster, came down with type 1 diabetes. So I went to the medical library and I looked up mumps and um, that. And actually, um, the National um, Vaccine Information Center here, it says um, that uh, diabetes is skyrocketing and that um, there might be some type of a correlation because it the mumps looks like it uh, can attack. There's other studies here about mumps and uh, infecting the pancreatic islet cells. Hmm. That's very strange that you say that. Yeah, because they have that uh, the MMR vaccine and all these different things that are out now. So it's it's might be some type of correlation. Um, 
one of the things I've always been interested in is it seems as though after pregnancy in women and women in general seem to get more autoimmune autoimmune diseases. Um, why is that? And also, like, um, I read somewhere where Hashimoto's thyroiditis is usually after a woman has pregnant, not all the time, but usually after the woman has pregnancy. Does it have anything to do with with hormones, or what does it have to do with? Well, <clears throat> well, let's start with 75% of people with thyroiditis, like Hashimoto's, uh, have Yersenia, which is a bacteria out of the gut uh, antibodies. So, um, and another, a couple of studies that have been done have shown children that have celiac disease are, depending on what study, five to ten times more likely to have a thyroiditis than children without um, celiac disease. So um, there's a lot of, you know, information there. But, yes, the hormones play a big part in the um, your immune system. And, you know, you're, with hormones, you're always in this balance of inflammation and anti-inflammation. So um, I think that that does play a big part. Mm-hmm. What about genetics? Because I just, I interviewed someone last weekend about, um, and this isn't autoimmune, but just cancer, about genetics. Like you would, you might see a woman who has thyroid issues or thyroid problems, and then you see um, her daughter having the same problems. Like, for instance, I don't know, you know, with your patient that you said it has an RA, did her mom have RA? Is this something that can be passed down, or is it something that just totally just comes out of the blue? Well, I think genetics, uh, I don't personally believe that genetics has as big a part is what we think it does. But when you think about, you know, mind, body, and soul, going back to what we talked to with the consciousness of disease, I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of dynamics there. So I think I might have even thought we might have even talked about this before, that if if a young girl, her mother died of breast cancer, let's say when she was eight and her grandmother had died when, when two, and I'm sure she's also programmed with this idea, I'm probably going to get breast cancer like my mom. Um, also, you're right. We, we Some of us have certain genes that um, when we don't have a good diet are more likely to not react the way they should. So I have a patient right now who can't gain weight who ended up with bone cancer because they have, a, 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 they call it a SNP when it doesn't work like the average person, um, they can't gain weight. So they have an inability to make fat. And most of our toxins are stored in fat. So mm-hmm. that when we're too, we don't make any fat, now his toxins went into his bones and caused a leukemia. So there's... Um, you know, so there's a genetic component to that. But that being said, he his when I tested his hair, very high in mercury and aluminum, went to the medical library and there was some information correlating aluminum with leukemia. So 
Now, if his aluminum, instead of being stored in his fat, was stored in the bone, then it's going to cause an inflammation and the cells to start being become becoming mutated, probably for to have cancer. Yeah, I I see some people on the switchboard. If you have a question, just hit one on your um on your keypad on your phone, and I'll see you there. And if you want to ask a question, I'll bring you on. For those out there who are listening on their computers, if you want to call in and you have a question for Dr. Lafferty, the number is six four six seven one six nine three. Again, 646-716-9371. Again, hit one on your uh, keypad on your phone, and I'll see you have a question, and I'll bring you on the air if you want to to ask a question. And don't be shy. This is is for you to ask questions to get answers to the questions that you have. Um, Dr. Lafferty, you being a nutritionist, how much of this is triggered by, and you mentioned this early in the show, how much of this can we reverse by, just eating the right foods? Um, yeah, I think probably most of it. I, I've heard there's a doctor who reversed her MS on YouTube talking about diet. Yeah, so Terry Walls. Pardon me? It was Terry Walls, Dr. Terry Walls, who did yeah, that. Yeah, did yep. you have her on your show? I, I'd like no, to see that. I, no, not yet. I'm actually going to uh, reach out to her pretty soon to see if I can't get her on the show to talk about um, exactly what she did. But she was the first person that kind of, when I listened to her, kind of enlightened me about um, autoimmunity um, way long time ago, probably two, three years ago. So anyway, getting back to what we talked about with the bacteria, is, you know, it seems to be diet and stress. You know, those are the two biggest things, I think, here. So the first thing is that was exciting. The other thing that was very exciting about this stool test I was talking about, they look at the they culture and sensitivity of antibiotics for these bacteria. And what they found was the with one of the patients I worked with, that there were only two regular antibiotics that had sensitivity out of 12, but out of natural antibiotics, 11 out of 12 were sensitive. And not only did they kill the bad microbes, but a lot of the um, natural antibiotics like garlic are, are actually prebiotics, so they're feeding the good bacteria rather than killing the good bacteria. The other thing I'm finding, too, with these young people, because I just started asking them this question, uh, I had an MS patient that's like 35, and then I had a RA patient that was 23, and they telling me their childhood history, and all of them are, you know, say, oh, yeah, I had chronic ear infections, and I was on antibiotics every three months practically, or um, you know, I had a sinus infections or tonsillitis all the time. I was always on antibiotics. So those things kill the good bacteria, and the good bacteria also kill bad bacteria. So um, what happens then is when you kill the good bacteria from taking chronically antibiotics, now you don't have the good bacteria there to fight. And also the bigger, I think the even more important thing is that pH in the gut. So if you have a pH of 6, bad things usually can't grow. So if we 
what I usually do is put people on probiotics, probiotic foods, like mm-hmm. uh, fermented foods. Lactobacillus makes lactic acid, so pH of 6 is an acidic condition. Uh, very interesting. I want, I want to point this out because all these people are into this basic water. I, I'm really against it. I had a holistic nurse who, she said, I just can't get rid of this yeast infection and I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And I, and, and she said, I've been on the, the diet and I've been on these natural antibiotics. And, and all of a sudden I said, have you been on the, the, the basic water? And she said, yeah, they say it's good for you. I said, well, is I don't that, think so. Is that alkaline water you're talking about? or Yeah, the alkaline water. Okay. Now, it may be great for cancer because that's more of an acidic disease, but there are diseases that are basic. So you'll get yeast infection when things, when in the vagina or in the gut, when it's too, the gut's too basic. So, mm-hmm. you know, this whole idea, oh, everything, you know, has to be alkaline or acidified, you know. No, you have to be in balance. You have to have the correct pH of two in the gut or stomach and in the gut pH of six. I mean, that that's probably the most important thing um, in the human body. And then your gut, you know, 80% of your immune system, 95% of your serotonin makes dopamine, your vitamin B vitamins, vitamin K, your fatty acids, which are responsible for all your hormones, your brain power, your myelin sheath, all of those types of things. So, You've got that, and then when you've got stress, so stress of a, you know, growing up in a stressful household or going through a divorce or money problems or driving every day down a really bad freeway, all of this stress that you're under, now things can start leaking out. Yeah. So with with another question for you is taking foods out, taking foods out that might be triggers or might be sensitivities for people, um, does that help as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, we call it the SAD diet, right, the standard American diet. So mm-hmm. you want to be on fresh foods. You, know, you want to be as close to nature as you possibly can. Now, people that have Crohn's or IBS and those types of things, I don't put them on raw food because that makes that worse because they're already inflamed and then the sharp edges of the food can cause bleeding and that type of thing. That's why Crohn's and IBS, they tell people not to eat seeds. So I, I like the GAPS diet for that, or I just tell people go get a crock pot, get bones, you know, and the the soup bones make soups. Uh, lots of soluble fibers, like uh, things like you know potatoes and rice and and things like that. Also, um, you know, I'm a member of the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, and uh, one of the things they they talk about a lot is mycotoxins. So. When you have, let's say, a yeast or fungal infection or mold toxicity in your house, these toxins are left behind. They're called mycotoxins. And those mycotoxins can withstand like a 1,000-degree temperatures. So uh, the only ways 
you can remove those is by that night clay or activated charcoal or a drug called Questran. It's an old drug that we use, used to use for cholesterol. Those things will bind the toxins. And we used to, in old-time pharmacy, we used to use a lot of bentonite clay. And it, it can be other types of clay, too. I think there's bentonite clay or whatever, and they talk about zeolite clay, using that if you have radiation toxicity. So that's another really important thing because this the information on MS and the gut bacteria. So um, there's uh, Science Daily has a lot of articles on that, and, and then they talk about bacterial toxin is a potential trigger. So um, the, the toxin that uh, bacteria might make, and that might come out and uh, hurt the, the, so it could be the bacteria or it could be a toxin. So this was the Wheel Cornell Medical College researchers there, and also I believe uh, UC Davis is also doing some, uh, a lot of good research on MS and bacteria. Yeah. When you talk about mycotoxins, um, in that family, I believe, is what, aflatoxins? And aflatoxins, um, I did some research on that, uh, just the peanuts. And that's one of the real big reasons I kind of quit eating peanut butter, because Mm -hmm. of aflatoxins. But these things can accumulate in the body, and they affect different people differently. Is, Is that a correct statement? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things, you know, all these allergies. Now, when I was a kid, we never heard of any of this in children. I knew one person with type 1 diabetes. And now, you know, 500,000 kids in the United States have type 2 diabetes. In 1982, when I got out of the uh, pharmacy school, I only had two patients at all with type 2 diabetes, and they were like 70-year-old women. So all these diseases, it's just, you know, I think it all goes back to our food I have to remind the medical students, you know, or that, you know, what you're seeing today was unheard of. We didn't have obese children when we were young. Uh, our candy bars were made with coconut oil and cane sugar, not this these fake fats and these fake sugars and, and not even artificial, but high fructose corn syrup is so highly processed and, a uh, third of it, I believe they said, has uh, mercury in it. I mean, on and on and on. We didn't have any of that. So just going back to getting basic food again, I think is the number one. It's 80%. And then, you know, taking what I usually do is I rotate different natural antibiotics. So some of the natural antibiotics are things like Pauda Arco, um grapefruit seed extract, oregano oil, thyme oil, um, golden seal, which is one of my favorite. But, again, I use a certain company on that because uh, most golden seal, it's very rare in the United States, so most that you get in a regular store probably has a drop of golden seal. But Oregon grape is a sister plant to that, uva ursi. Coconut oil is a... Good uh, natural antibiotic. I know some people use colloidal silver. That wasn't one that they had tested. Um, wormwood, 
which is Armatesia, uh, black walnut, hall extract. So those are some of the antibiotics um, that you can use and alternate. And then a good probiotic and putting yourself on a good diet of whole whole foods, take out mm-hmm. bread, and, um, you know, if you're going to have something sweet, try to make it yourself with cane sugar, um, you know, uh, I think just really trying to go back 50 years the way people ate on a farm, that's probably the best. <laughs> yeah. best. What about um, parasites? Uh, do you, I mean, we, men- we mentioned bacteria and viruses, but can any of these things be brought on by parasites? Let's say, for instance, parasites live in your body and they produce toxins because they have to excrete waste as well. So can any of these autoimmune diseases be brought on by just an overabundance of parasites in the body? Sure. I'm sure they can. Yeah. I haven't seen evidence on that, but you know what? I don't think I've put in parasites. And um, I know, uh, I think it was Hilda Clark used to believe that parasites caused cancer. So the Clark formula, Clark, however you say it, um, wormwood. So wormwood is very good for parasites. So a lot of these things like black walnut hull and wormwood, they're good for worms, parasites, but they're also good. They're also antimicrobial too, you know. Uh, St. John's wort, I love that, one of my favorite herbs. But again, you have to go and find the real herbs. Uh, I use standard process and they they make sure you know their their uh herbal line comes from Australia, which they have very stringent laws on their herbs there because their herbalists there are like um doctors and and they have a, a regulating body so everything that standard process ever does they do spectrometry on the herb to make sure it's the right herb and um they have their factory is like a um you know, it's like a pharmaceutical company. It's just they have the best equipment and lab lab scientists and, and things like that. But there's other good companies as well. Um, I God's Herbs, I like their herbs. So there's just, um, I think, um, trying to think of some of the other, trying to think of the other herb company that's real. Blessed Herbs is a good yeah. herbal company. So there's just, you know, you have to, herbs work, but you have to, make sure you're getting a high quality of herb. Yeah. For if you are usually people believe in the medical system and the antibiotics and using that, do herbs kind of work the same way? Does it take a little bit longer? How what is the, the Personally, I, guess I think the, herbs work better and these because like I said, the laboratory even showed that only two regular antibiotics worked were eleven out of twelve of the natural ones worked. And also, if you're going to use antibiotic, okay, you might kill that one bad bacteria that you're showing, but now you've killed the good bacteria, and you can have a grow, overgrowth of some other bacteria or, or virus or or uh, yeast infection, you know, with antibiotics. So most herbs are multidimensional, I say. They, you know, when the plant is out in nature, like oregano oil, it's got to fight off its own fungus. It's got to fight off gram-positive, gram-negative bacteria. It has to fight off parasites. So 
it it has all of that incorporated into it because it has to fight off those bugs itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it feeds the good bacteria. Now, you know, my colleagues at the medical school and pharmacy school, they're like, what? We never heard of this. This doesn't make any sense to us. Well, it doesn't make any sense because we've been programmed to believe something. So, you know, that's a reason I do that that thing with the rheumatoid arthritis is we believe, you know, Harvard, number one medical school, Harvard speaks, everybody listens. So nobody's going to the medical library and putting in gut bacteria or dysbiosis or anything in rheumatoid arthritis. So they're not seeing, it's not like the information isn't there. They're not looking for it because there's billions of studies in that medical library. Yeah, you mentioned that, and uh, I remember um, actually the young woman that I interviewed on cancer, which will be the interview next week, she did that. She started going to uh, research and doing these different things. And then there's another gentleman I had on a long time ago called Ray Audet, and he went and did all these studies. I think he had diabetes, and he ended up reversing his uh, diabetes. Um, For someone that's coming in to see you and you're working with them, uh, like the young lady who had the rheumatoid arthritis, going through this process, how long would it take someone? I come in, I have RA, rheumatoid arthritis, and you take me through this process of healing my gut, uh, finding out what bacteria are kind of working against me. How long can it take to reverse that process to where I'm I'm feeling well, better? Well, you know, it, it varies, and it also, how committed are you to doing the diet? Because some people you know, they're committed for two weeks and then they start eating candy bars again and they get their their disease back again. So, <laughs> you know, it's um, um, I can't really say, but um, I think this works better than drugs, you know, uh, because you do have that advantage that it's not killing off the the good bacteria and those good bacteria are the most one of the most important things you know in the body so yeah for those I know of us- in eight months she did uh she did very well you know yeah but you can't go back to eating these foods again unless it's going to come back right well you know what I tell people 80 20 diet I go you know yeah. try to get organic food um and in your my home is almost totally organic or locally grown food i'm very lucky i'm brother's market here and it's a inexpensive way to get some good uh food because i i have on my i have an acre of land i have many different healing plants and fruits and stuff growing so they they sell local my I can't call my stuff organic because you have it's a process for three years and they have to come and you have to pay money and all that. But I don't put any chemicals at all on my plants, so it's it's very organic. Yeah, yeah. I think I have a question, Doctor Lafferty. It's okay. probably going to be the only question here, but let me bring them on. Right. Caller from the four four. You're on Perfect Healthy and Tone Radio. What's your name and where you're from? 404, call us on the 404, you there? All right, going once, call us from the 404, you there? Do you have a question? Okay. 
I guess they don't. They don't have questions. <laughs> but I guess, okay. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I just some... wanted to go over some of these other things, uh, like celiac disease. Th- more than three million Americans have that, according to University of Chicago Celiac Disease Center. Gluten mm-hmm. prompts uh, attack. Auto, they say autoimmune immune response. Uh, on the finger-like nodules in the small intestine, um, and uh, antibodies to Yersinia enterococcica thyroid disease, 75%. And then there's an article from um, University of Chicago, when good germs go bad, friendly gut bacteria can trigger rheumatoid arthritis, um, also, type 1 diabetes, possibly, from this, too. Host microflora interaction and systemic lupus colonization resistance of indigenous bacteria of the intestinal tract. Uh, Crohn's disease, adherent invasive E. coli target pyres patches. Um, probiotic bacteria could help treat Crohn's disease. That was in uh, Science Daily. So um, just a lot of these different things are in the medical literature. Yeah, it's it's, it's very, I, I believe they call the um, the gut the second brain. And it's more and more I, of this stuff is kind of going back to the fact that we are really deficient in our, our gut bacteria. And I'll, I mean, I'm an open book. I'll admit that I'm going through my own gut healing protocol after pulling out certain foods and I drink broth pretty much every day and do probiotics and also enzymes in order to try to get my my gut back in repair. And um, everybody kind of knows my story of you mentioned alpha gliadin, and uh, I found out was sensitive to uh, gluten about four or five years ago and took it out of my diet and arthritis in my knees just suddenly disappeared. So it's something to say for that. And then on top of Doing that, I found out that I had, after getting the gluten out of my diet, I found out I had about uh, 15 to 20 other food underlying food sensitivities, I would guess, just because of eating gluten when I was supposed to not be eating gluten. But um, I'm working on kind of repairing that. Um, now, with regards to intestinal permeability or leaky gut, how do you think that the majority of people out there do have, have this condition now? Um, no, not necessarily. You know, again, I, I, I don't think so. But I, I honestly, I've never thought of it. You could, if you think that, you're probably right. I don't know. I've never really thought of it. Mhm. Mhm. Well, based upon autoimmunity, you would think that most of these people, you see these people on a daily basis, who have these autoimmune diseases, so they do have some need for gut repair. Their, their gut is definitely. Um, probably a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Well, go ahead. I didn't hear you. Uh, I just, you know, I it just very much upsets me. Children that are on these cancer-causing drugs, um, on these autoimmune diseases, it's, it's very upsetting. Um, mm. So that's kind of why I'm speaking out today about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of just 
different stuff that's going on. Well, I um I didn't have any more questions, and I know I thought someone had a question, but is there anything you want to say in closing? I didn't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, no, I just that you know, um, going back, I mean, one of the things is that if somebody tells you you're going to die from it or, or whatever, you know what, do your own research. There's a lot of mm-hmm. information out there, and if we just always believe the the worst thing or the thing that we're told, it may not be true. So uh, as one of my colleagues says in the university, not everything that's written is true and not everything that's true is written. Mm. (laughs) That's a good saying. Huh? I said that's a good saying. I have to remember that one. Right. And so I just, uh, you know, doctors are just trained how they've been trained. You know, a lot of people say, well, this makes me so upset. Why didn't my doctor do what you did or or something like that? You know, they, they do the best they can. They do what they know, where, where they've been asked to go or what they've, you know, been told is the only choice. So, you know, when you have Harvard saying, well, there's no known cause or cure, you don't go to the medical library and look for something else. So... That's all. If anybody's ever been told something that it's not good, it looks like it's hopeless, don't believe it. Because there's a lot of uh, things that nobody knows out there, and sometimes, unfortunately, you just have to do your own homework on it. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, a great segue into next week's show. I'm having having a young lady on named Tamara St. John. She actually beat cancer twice by just using really uh, basic natural uh, protocols and some of the stuff we talked about on this show, but they'll be able to listen to that show uh, next week as an on-demand episode. But Dr. Lafferty, I really thank you for your time and um, I'll be calling you. For those of you who don't know me, Dr. Lafferty, a friend, she lives right around the corner from me. So so I'm going to be calling you. I have a question to ask you. you I have an appointment with me. Um, I'm at Nova Southeastern University, and the phone number to make an appointment, if you don't mind me giving that out. Yeah, go go right ahead. 954-262-4550, and uh, I also do phone appointments, so I work with people out of state. So, um, yeah, say, say that number again, 954 nine, Four five five what? Zero. Four five five zero. Okay. Nine five four right. six two four five five zero, and you're going to actually get a recording, and then you just press zero, and you'll get an operator to make an appointment. Okay. Right. Okay. Great. Well, Doctor Laffey, I thank you for your time, and you help the audience understand uh, autoimmunity. And like I said, I will be calling you tomorrow. Okay. Blessing, and I know it's hard work for you, so I'm very proud to be on and proud that you keep going because I know this isn't always easy to do, but I'm sure you've helped somebody tonight. That's my wish that there's somebody out there I've helped some way. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I'll talk to you later.
All right. Well, um, like I said, segue into the show. I don't know if someone had a question here. It was from four, the 404 area. That must be the uh, Atlanta or Georgia area. Um, and if you had a question, if you did not get to ask your question on the air, just shoot me a question through the Facebook fan page, or you can send it to me at Darren at fat-man.com. So if you have a question, and I can get it to Dr. Lafty, and we'll get it answered uh, for you. If I can answer it myself, I'll answer it for you. But, again, if you're my friend on Facebook and you had a question, just shoot it to me, and I'll I'll get it to you and get it answered. Next week, again, it's going to be an on-demand episode. This is going to be a really powerful, powerful episode. Uh, For those of you who have followed me, maybe followed the blog, you know that I lost my mom to breast cancer in uh, 2005 on the day after Thanksgiving. This woman has beat cancer twice. She was initially uh, had breast cancer. Her mother had it, and um, she, again, beat cancer twice just by using some basic natural protocols. And Dr. Lafferty talked about this earlier is don't always believe everything you hear and do your own research. And she did that as well. And her name is uh, Tamara St. John. Really, really powerful interview about, uh, I interviewed her for about 45 minutes. And I think I could have interviewed her for three hours, but we really tried to hit the basics. If you like the episode, I'm probably going to bring her back or maybe do another on-demand episode since she can't do the show live uh, due to uh, due to work. But um, I really encourage you to listen to that episode I will post the notice for that probably tomorrow um, so you can um, get a chance to get your schedule set to be able to listen to that on next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. It's not a live show. Um, It's a recorded show, but you can listen to it at any time that you want. If you want to listen to it live at 8, you just press on the recording and you can listen to it. You want to listen to it to another time, you can do that as well. But Thanks for listening tonight. I will post the Understanding Autoimmunity archive or recording uh, in the Facebook fan page. So if you missed the show or just came in a little bit late, you can hear the entire show there. I will be back again next week, again with the on-demand episode, same fat time, same fat channel. Thanks you for listening. Peace and good night.